Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Engineer, and in today's episode, Ben and I are joined by special guest host, pro staff member Taylor Honert, as well as our featured guest, Reese Johnson. We discussed how Reese got started in hunting, how he and Taylor built a great friendship over social media, becoming a real estate agent in Tennessee and Kentucky, what features buyers should look for when deciding on that perfect whitetail farm, went over some trail camera strategies, and how out-of-state hunts are more affordable than what people think. Please welcome Reese Johnson. All right, everyone. Like I just mentioned in the intro, we are here with Mr. Reese Johnson from Southern Kentucky. Sir, how we doing, man? Well, not too bad. Good, good. And then if uh, if you're uh, if you're watching too, we got Mr. Taylor. I'm gonna butcher your last name. I always say Haynert. Is that right? It's Honert. Honert. Yep. Honert. So Taylor Honert uh, is a pro staff member and big buck slayer here in Central <laughs> Ohio. Sir, how you doing today, man? Good, man. Good. Boys, thanks for uh, for joining us here. Uh, Reese, before we get too far into this, man, let's go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of what you got going on down there, buddy. Yeah, so uh, Reese Johnson from uh, right out of Paducah, Kentucky, way on the western half, um, full-time real estate broker, licensed in Tennessee and Kentucky, um, degree in ag business, lifelong hunter. You know, my dad man- my dad manages National Wildlife Refuge, which is what got me started into all this, went to Mississippi State as a wildlife biology masters from, from the deer lab and all that good fun stuff. So yeah, come by it honest, get a little bit of a head start and, um, that's pretty much all we do. And I know you're a big baseball guy too, right? Did I get to catch yep. that? Yep. Yep. Played four years of college and, uh, I mean, I was good enough for that, but I really wasn't that good. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I, it's better than my little league in high school. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, well, how, okay, Taylor, so I, we got you here, man. Like, how did you guys end up meeting you and you and Reese? Uh, <clears throat> basically just through social media, uh, sharing posts over the years, liking each other's posts, I think, and then finally following each other and then yep. just talking back and forth. And then eventually, um, talking about shed hunting and then sharing pictures, like trail camera pictures and stuff. Um, and then I was just like... Another guy I talked to, Winston, which I know Reese is real good buddies with as well. Um, I was talking through with him a bunch too. And um, just between the two of them, I'm like, man, I got to get down to Kentucky and, and meet these guys at some oh, point. Sure, sure. You know? Um, so then, yeah, Reese was like, well, you know, come down and shed hunt or something, you know, and then maybe we can do some hunting or something, you know, have him up. I'll go down there or something yeah. like that. So a couple of years ago, Buddy and I went down there and actually shed hunted some public with Reese. We uh, we didn't do too bad. I think I don't I can't remember how many we ended up picking ten or twelve or something that day. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, it wasn't a bad day. No, it was kind of perfect conditions the first day, and then the next day it was just supposed to like thunderstorm all day. So we kind yeah. of ended the trip a little shorter than we wanted to, but yeah. So then it just kind of we just kept in contact and yeah. I don't know. If yeah. The, the, this year I'm going to play that Ohio card. Are are you? Nice. Yeah. Probably, may, probably maybe it's it's in the works, but okay. I didn't draw Kansas. I didn't draw Kansas. I didn't draw Iowa. So I am there still deciding. Just keep on right down the uh, the ag belt there, man. Come right over to Ohio. I know uh, Mr. Uh, Taylor over here has got some spots for us. <clears throat> maybe. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm planning on having him up. Um, I think he's talking like the first week of November, sometime around then. So work some things out and see what's going on. Um, yeah, I did pick up a new lease this year, so that should help with oh, more ground. Sure. Yeah. So that's kind of the plan. Well, the four of us for sure definitely need to get together and get on something. I mean, I don't care what we're if we even kill or anything, but at least hang out, mm-hmm. get some content made up, and all that good stuff for sure. So, well, Reese, let's uh let's dive into to what you got going on down there. So I know you're you're heavy in the real estate um primarily land but i know you do probably sell some homes too or i may i may be way off on that but um no i do okay okay cool so yeah i sell a little bit of everything i even do some commercial okay okay perfect so how does that i mean obviously as a hunter i know you've said this before in other podcasts and stuff too but for people that are just maybe finding out about you um i mean i would imagine that being a real estate agent and being an active hunter is probably something that's pretty uh pretty convenient so kind of how does that work into some of your strategies 
Yeah, it's uh, pretty freaking awesome most of the time. <laughs> there you go. Um, I mean, you know, I get if I I get asked all the time, and and I bet if I had a dollar for every time I had had this question, is just how how do I do what you do, or how do I become a real estate agent, or you know, all of the all you do is every hunt. But one of it, you know, some of it's just you can you can post your pictures when you're working too. You know, it's not like you're out oh, yeah. there every time. Everybody assumes that you're just out there all the time, which Granted, I do get a little bit more freedom than everybody else, but, um, you know, I mean, it's a commission only job. You don't get paid unless you, you know, are are selling, unless you're good at it, you know, and and it's highly competitive and there's a lot of people out there doing it. Everybody under the sun has a real estate license right now. Yeah. And, you know, there's more, you know, it's strong. There's a lot of business going on. So everybody's getting their license joining. And a lot of them, you know, these, those first two years, the, the stat that I always give folks is, uh, 80% 80% of real estate, 80% of people who get a real estate license do not make it through the first two years. You know, it's like, it just, you just don't, because it's commission only. And if you're the, the first year I did this, I made $15,000. The second year I made 30 and that's gross, you know? And so it's not, not a lot of people can survive those first two years and getting that under your belt to where you have your, you're established. People trust you, you have the reputation and you know what you're doing. So, you know, at that point in time, I was still working another job. And then I was eventually able to build up my business where I could make that leap and go full time and not have to worry about it. And then that's when things really get fun. Oh, for sure. For sure. How, so how, at this point, how long have you been into it by yourself? Just solely doing that? Uh, I went out on the third year. I went out by myself and this is year six and, um, I have closed 27 or 28 units here to date and it's July. So I'm on pace for my best year, which I think most agents will tell you that. Yeah. Um, with the market. Just, yeah, if you're any if you're any good or you're doing anything, you ought to beat that. You know, you have your best year this year or last year one. But it's still crazy. You know, it's gotten hot and things have slowed down here in the last couple of weeks. But they rang the somebody rang the dinner bell in February, and from February first through July fourth, it was just chaos all day, every day. That's awesome. I know Taylor. We had kind of talked about it before we got started here, but I know you're typically running quite a bit of cameras and we'll kind of get into more of the camera stuff too, but kind of as, as that as the industry and as the market has been really booming right now for people, has that, uh, I guess hurt or en- en- enabled you to enables the wrong word, but like affected. Yeah. It's affected, affected you. your time. I think. Right. Cause we've been talking about that. Just, you've been so busy. Yeah. I, uh, I shed hunted and Turkey hunted and you know, mode you know, habitat work, whatever. That's the least amount of, freedom slash fun that I've had since I started doing this, um, which part of it is because, you know, I've, I've really pushed myself this year to, uh, do, do more business. And, and it's, you know, with the uncertainty of what's going to happen in the future, you know, I really wanted to try to capitalize on that, take advantage of that and then, and then be ready, be ready going into the next few years. Um, you know, with, with my business, depending on whichever direction things go or whatever I may choose to do with my business personally. Um, so I've been really pushing hard this year, trying to get, um, and that's, that's the, the beauty of it is if like, if I, if I really want to, if, if things slow down, you know, I can let, I'm so used to it. And I think a lot of people would resonate with this is, you know, I'm so be so used to being broke my whole life that if I have to, if I go, if, if it things slow down and, and I choose not to be out there hustling, then, you know, I can just go back to hunting and living the way I've been living and, and be comfortable. You know, this is, this is odd to me that things are good and things are going so well. And so I want to take advantage of that and do the right things. Um, you know, I've got a couple investment properties and we flipped our first farm this year and, uh, finally got a, a nice truck. And, um, so, you know, things, things, have been, things are, are going well and, and I've been trying to capitalize on all that. Um, but it, uh, it's been, it's been crazy. And a lot of it was just, you know, when I got out of college, I mean, I had a real job, quote unquote, a W2 job for six months. And got laid off from there, and the next thing, and it was real estate from then on. And it was just something I'd always thought about doing. I'd always sit sit it when I was a kid. I remember just looking at farms online, just like which one, how am I ever going to have my own piece of ground? And that's what started this. I guess yeah, and, and you're right there too. Like you know, the market's been really good right now. So setting yourself up in the future, I mean, the bottom's going to fall out of it at some point. And you know, you don't want to be to a point where you're just like willy nilly spending and blowing all this extra earned income and not having a backup plan because at any day that that market could crash and the people aren't going to be wanting to buy or the properties are going to be worth a lot less. And obviously, you know, the less you sell them for, the less you're getting back to. So it's like, you gotta, you definitely gotta, you know, 
prepare for that. Well, and another <clears throat> another stat that I'll give you. These are the two stats. I already said the one, but the other ones. Uh, the top twenty top twenty percent of agents do eighty percent of the business. Yeah. So basically, if you're not in that top twenty percent, if you're not the consistent ones that have been doing it for years, who are good at it, or have the reputation, the connections, and and are respected in this field, then you know those are the ones that are getting the business. Whether that business is a hundred million because it's a good market, or it's twenty five million. Sure. And it's a, and it's a down year in in total sales, and that's just random numbers. You know, we're in a relatively small area. Our MLS is sixteen counties, and you know, Western Kentucky prices overall are much cheaper, really, than a lot of other places out there. So to really make some good money, you gotta you gotta sell them. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, as I say, when when the land value isn't quite as much as some places. I mean, my brother lives on the East Coast. And, you know, uh, a double wide or something out there would probably go for $250,000 versus, you know, in Ohio, you can get one for like 30, you know what I mean? So, I mean, those are just random numbers too, but yeah, you definitely got to hustle to, to keep it up. So going into like the real estate stuff and, and selling the land and, you know, working with clients, how, how much of your business do you think is just trying to sell like hunting properties or like, you know, record I'm not, hunt, hunting is, is one thing, but just like recreational properties in general. And then kind of how... How do you, as like a hunter yourself, like, you know, have that conversation with that client? Sure. Well, it's about 50-50 at this point. I, I was more more land when I first started, and then these houses went crazy. You know, and then I, st- I started, you know, getting into it, and I was posting about it, saying this, that, and the other. Well, then, you know, the, the friends I went to high school with started getting married. They're, you know, buying their first house, moving to their second house, you know things like that started happening. It's like, Hey, so, so, and I'm not turning anybody away. So that progressed and built up. And the next thing you know, with the houses being as, as quick as they are, I'm selling as many houses as I am farms. And the thing about farms is five years ago, when I first started in 2016, 2017, there was a lot more uh, inventory on recreational pieces. Whereas now the only inventory is priced through the roof, you know, because they can, and or they're, they're trying to see what they can get. There's not, you know, you're not seeing, uh, so, so recreational ground for me is slowed down in that way because the only people that are selling are asking top dollar or if they have, a, if they want to sell, you know, all you got to do is whisper in the wind to the man at the gas station and everybody will know down the street. And then there'll be three people knocking on your door trying to buy it. So um, it is slowed down a little bit. Um, but, you know, right now we're kind of at that, that turn and I'm waiting to see what's going to happen. Um, you know, things have, things have slowed down a little bit and I'll be curious to see where we're at in a year. Oh yeah. It's definitely a seller's market for sure. I mean, we were just looking at properties yesterday. So like, like I mentioned to you before we got recording, we recorded with Emily Shad yesterday and she sells real estate here in Southern Ohio. And, and, um, you know, so Ben and I were kind of doing our homework a little bit before we talked to her and Linda, you couldn't find a piece of property for under $150,000. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, yeah. five years ago, that probably would have been worth 75, you know, it could, at least be, a, half of, it could be an empty lot doesn't even have to have woods on it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there was a, there was a five acre parcel that I saw in like Lancaster. Literally it was just, I mean, it was a little bit of ag, so you can make a little earned income from that, but it was like 70 grand for like a five acre little strip and had no recreational use at all. I mean, I will say that's one thing too. I think like Reese and I have had a comment too, because I pay attention to a lot of that stuff and flipped houses over the years and looked at land. And that's something that we've been able to connect on too. So we talk about that stuff a lot, land here, land down there, what's going on. Like, just and i you know pricked his brain on oh, stuff sure. too yeah um, so that's been kind of cool too well and the dream of every guy that hunts is to have his own farm you know something you can manage something decent you don't need a, a 500 acres but something decent enough that you can keep and retain nice you, deer i think you sold yours didn't you reese that one you just purchased yeah, yeah we had it for we held it for two years and then sold it um this spring and then that was the money i was able to turn around and, and use to uh buy that buy my truck oh sure my new my new to me truck i was gonna say let's let's not lie we still got the toyota running <clears throat> around now come on oh yeah <laughs> we're at 290 293 now so. there you <laughs> go <laughs> every <laughs> light on the dash is on <laughs> that's awesome yeah. no four-wheel drive you can't kill a tacoma man we're <laughs> no, nowhere near stopping i had a i had a buddy in high school that had a tacoma that was like uh um you probably I don't know, you, i'm sure you've watched back to the future right all right, so you think of that that old Tacoma that he's got and that Back to the Future. I had a buddy yep. that had one, but, dude, it was completely rusted through. Yep. And we put a flatbed on that thing and just ran the freaking wheels off of it. And I was like, you can't kill those things, man. So, Dude, my uncle worked in the oil fields forever, and yep. he drove 
like that same model Toyota yeah. had 400,000 miles when it quit. That's awesome. That's Those awesome. things are tanks, man. That's awesome. The new, the new truck, though, is pretty cool because you got like a – it's a Dodge, isn't it? Yeah, it's a – it was a, it's kind of a unicorn. It was a, it's a, it's a 05 25 Dodge Ram 2500. It's got the 5.9 Cummins in it. Yep. And it, when I, when I bought it, it had 76,000 miles on it. That's awesome. Um, which has got, it's got right at 80 now. It's basically just, it's a one owner garage kept. But then you got that, you, know, you got that bed camper for it, right? Cause you bought it. Yeah. Basically yeah, for so hunting, was, like a, a hunting yeah, rig, right? That, that's what really that was one reason that really sold it's like i don't really necessarily need a diesel for the things that i can do sure don't mind me it wouldn't hurt my feelings to have it but you know the folks i bought it from um they had a, a palomino backpack camper where you back up you know you take the tailgate oh, yeah. off and you yep. back you back up under it and then you drop it down with the jacks and set it on there so now i've got the the truck see last year when i went to kansas i, I rented a vehicle because i would be, i've been running around in tacoma since high school investing in real estate not vehicles so I didn't I didn't have a trustworthy vehicle, so I rented a Yukon, no uh, Expedition, and then I slept in it for seven days until I killed my deer, and that was that that was what you know that's what it took. So, but now I've got this. I get the backpack camper, which is perfect for me and maybe yeah. somebody like they end going with me. But I can go you know wherever and have a place to stay because lodging is your most expensive unless oh, you're camping sure. and and I don't mind camping, but I don't like camping when it's five degrees out no, in November. No, no heck no. Heck no. Yeah. My wife and I, we went a couple of years ago. I mean, I guess it's been three now to Arizona and, um, you know, we, we drove the entire state and the most expensive thing was buying a hotel, you know, cause we weren't camping. She was pregnant with our son at the time. And so it's like, we're not, we're not camping. She's not into that stuff anyway. And so like, you know, buying a hotel, you, you know, you're going to go hunt a property. Let's say, you know, we had talked about going to Wyoming. I ended up not getting the draw, but you know, going and staying in an Airbnb, well shit, that's half the cost of the trip you mm-hmm. know what i mean your tax yep. your tax 350 bucks well you're spending 200 a night at a hotel and it's like next thing you know you got a 1500 dollars trip just in, in lodging so having something like that man and staying in your own spot that definitely makes a big difference for sure so if i'm someone that's like looking to buy a property i mean we all kind of know the answer here because we're all hunters but like what's the main thing if i'm looking for some recreational farm for hunting what's the main thing that you're trying to tell people or the main thing that you're looking for um you know as, as you know talking to a client well, for, for most guys like us, for most guys like us, you know, the number one thing is you've got to understand financing. Uh, you got to understand how that works. And I'm not, I didn't have a clue going into it. Nobody taught me. I had to learn the hard way. And it's just like, why does nobody teach us this? And I get these calls every day. All this like, okay, you need to go talk to bank. You need to talk to three banks. You need to talk to five banks. Or if you don't have, you know, or if you don't have a rich uncle, then you need to go figure out how, and, and even yeah. if you did, even yeah. if you did, you stay, you still might want to finance with some of the rates that have been going around. I know they're going up, but you know, I mean, there, there are incentives to finance in some situations. And so that's the number one thing is I, I would start, I would start there. And then the other thing is you got to look, and this is what, if I'm picking, if I'm buying, you know, and if I'm looking for things that nobody's looking at, you know, small pieces that diamonds in the rough that I can see making something else. And I'm, and I know some folks, you know, who are, are doing well and, and don't have the time. They're looking for a turnkey farm. That's fine. You know, those exist. Um, but for, for most, the average folks, you need to find that that property that you can select, cut, that you can go in there and, you know, add those trails, do those food plots, do all those things and, um, you know, and get for a better price. Oh, for sure. For sure. And then uh, how much of that are you looking at for like tillable land too? It's tough to come by. I yeah. mean, it's like anything with tillable, you it's know, the farmers, yep. the, well, that and the farmers and the investment, you're competing so much more that, with other people that unless you can find an off-market deal, um, most of what I have bought slash come across has just been wooded next to kind of thing. Now, if you can get a mixture, but when you get that mixture, that's what that's what a lot of folks want. So you're competing a little more seriously yep. when you're looking at those type of properties. For sure. So. I'm looking at, I'm more looking at it from a deal aspect rather than I need tillable. If it has tillable, I would love to have it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I'm, I'm more about the numbers. What can I do with this? What is my goal? Is this a one year flip? Is this a, a 30 year hold? What is the long term plan? Can I, you know, find some sort of source of income? Um, you know, whether it's a solar mineral, you know, leasing the hunting rights, maybe I'm not even the one to hunt it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's great advice. That's great. Well, and you you said earlier too, like you, I mean, you can make the tillable if you want to log it out. Yeah. Um, and I know Jordan and I talked about that the other day. I'm a firm believer. 
um, I'm sure you would agree, Reese. Like like you just said, everyone overlooks those small pieces. I mean, there's nothing wrong with buying a five acre, ten acre chunk, oh, or no. the right five. Because I know we've talked in the years past. This is a few years ago. Like Reese said, I would rather buy or hunt the right five than than try to just own the wrong 500. Yeah. Like everyone has that kind of misconception. They want to have a thousand acres. Like, yeah, that'd be great, but. Oh yeah. No. And I think a lot of that kind of probably stems into some of the the unrealistic expectations that TV shows put on people. You know, not everyone's (laughs) going to have a 500 acre parcel in the heart of unit five in Iowa, Southern Iowa. You know, it's just, it's just not feasible. So like Reese said, trying to find those, maybe it's a 30 acre plot that's, has a corner that's butted up against some public land, or maybe it's, you know, complete, it's just completely hardwoods go in there, select cut. You're going to have a great area for Turkey. Maybe you just cut. Yeah. You just got to kind of find the deal and try to find something that makes it worth it. So it's all about the, it's all about the numbers. I mean, it's it's, the numbers have to work. And then a lot of times those are your, those are your stepping stones. So, you know, and then I've, I've used this analogy a lot is if somebody said here, I'm going to give you $200,000, go find me the best hunting farm you can. You know, I would say if it's if at all possible, buy three farms with that two hundred thousand dollars, a ten, yep. a twenty, and a, a five. Because let's say you buy one thirty or one fifty with that two hundred, and you have bad neighbors, yep. or you miss the mark and you misread the property, well, you're stuck. You have one deer herd to work with. Where if you're on, you have three pieces, you have three deer herds in three separate locations, and you know, odds are one of those you could eventually sell for, you know, most likely somebody's going to build a house or a different potential. You know, you've got, you've got different options. And so, yeah. and also financially, if you're getting a bind and you do need to sell for any given reason, you're not stuck selling one big farm. You've got, yep. pick one of the three. Yep. And Reese has told me that over the years as well, because I've always been talking to him about buying property and stuff. And he said that to me multiple times, why buy a hundred when you can maybe buy three. And then, like he said, you might be able to lease one out, like he said earlier, completely. Yeah. That might be paying for that, pay, an, pay, that one and another that one. That pays for the taxes uh, or pays for the yeah, the yearly payment or you know, monthly payment or whatever you got for it for sure. Yeah, and the, and that's the thing too, is like you know, you can only kill as big of a deer as you have, so to speak. You know, you can't just go somewhere and expect to kill a two hundred inch deer if there's not a two hundred inch deer living there. And like Reese is saying, if you have one herd to work with and your biggest deer there is a is a hundred and twenty inch deer. Yeah. I mean, that's all you have. Yeah. So yeah. I think a lot of people get that misconception too. I mean, we all are not as lucky as Huff and just <laughs> yeah. walk in the woods and shoot you know, something oh. monster. Yeah. Or what'd you say? Moby Dick. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I'm, I'm I could the same thing. You know, I, I have, you know, my house is in the middle of the country. I got, I got just a hair under five acres and I have, what would you say my little kill plot is? Maybe it's like 10,000 feet. Yeah. I mean, at 10,000 square feet. I mean, but it's just enough. And, right. you know, and you've, you've seen the pictures. Yeah, you're I still mean, getting bucks showing up and does. Yep, I mean. Yeah, it's just getting ready to put that time in it and make it that honey hole that they feel secure in and they feel um, not pressured by. I mean, like Reese said, too, like, worst case scenario, if you get three out of 100 and you get in a bind, well, it's more inclined for someone like myself to buy a five-acre parcel to put my house on, you know. It's a more affordable option. So Right. Well, brother, let's uh let's get out of the continental U.S. here. I know you got some really exciting stuff that you're working towards here in the uh, the great state up north, the last frontier. Uh, let's give us a rundown on your trip that you're getting ready to plan for for Alaska and uh, kind of how just give us start the process of when you decided that that was something that you wanted to do up until where you are right now, brother. Well, uh, let's see. I'm going to Alaska August 10th is the day I fly out. Okay, so it's um, I'll. Yeah, so it'll be my, I'll be there on my 30th birthday. So that was my getaway with spending all this money excuse was <laughs> that I'll be, I'll be, I'll be there on my 30th birthday. And so, you know, I don't know. I got bit by the bug watching uh, Billy Mole's YouTube videos. I don't know if you've ever heard of Billy. Um, I love his stuff. It's very for real. And, um, of course, he got, I would give anything to go shoot a doll sheep. A doll sheep is like my bucket list dream yep. item, but you know, those things are like 40 or 50 grand and that's, in, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So <laughs> started looking into like, what can I afford? And uh, caribou is what I'm going for in the North Brooks. And, um, I found a outfitter that I think is fairly reputable. They, they went a 130 out of 130 two years ago on success rates. And I've heard awesome. nothing but good things from everybody. I've all the reviews I've read so far. Um, all in all, should be able to do the trip for between 10 and 12. And, you know, I booked it two years out. So basically, the 
that that's that's everything out the door. So the outfitter was uh, forty five. So like I said, yeah. I've been just making I just been making monthly payments on a hunt for t- for two years. Yep. And then you know I had a, a shuttle service to get us from the from the base camp to the hotel and the airport there and uh, Fairbanks and so it's been logistically and right now. So we got the logistics worked out. You know the airplane tickets were a thousand, tags a thousand. Um, you know, so it's 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 where you can make those payments. Yeah. If yeah. you really really plan it out. So like I said, that's been that's kind of been my mantra. And, um, I, I started playing on that when I kind of just, I got bit by the Alaska bug watching YouTube videos on hot summer days. And so basically <laughs> no the doubt. way I, the way I have coined it is the, it's the poor man's Alaska trip because it is the most, it is the cheapest one you're going to find. You can't do moose. You might can do black bear for that money, but, yeah, yeah. um, moose is higher, obviously doll sheep, grizzly bear, brown bear, whatever, you know, they're all going to be more. So, and, and I'm not gonna lie. I mean, you know, I've never been. Yeah. on an excursion like this they're going to drop us off for five days and then pick us back up in five days so you know this was kind of like the the initial step to alaska see if uh you know if i'm cut out for it oh for sure yeah it's definitely a different planet i mean when you're when you're used to just going out and hunting and driving home at night staying five days with absolutely no human interaction except for the people at your camp is a little bit of a different a little bit different so and it's with the caribou, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, they're freaking beautiful creatures. So, you know, chasing them would be, that's going to be a blast, man. Hopefully you can. Yeah, and if you, well, if you go spend that kind of money, you know, it's one of those things I'm taking a rifle. I mean, like you're going that far, you spend that money. I'm going to shoot something, you know? Oh yeah. That, that was kind of like, you know, you, obviously with the caribou, you have much higher success rate, obviously than other chances than a lot of other critters. So that kind of played into it a little bit. It's like, if you're going to go, you know, it may be once in a lifetime, hopefully it's not, but if it is, then you you know, got something for it, have something to show. Awesome. But, oh, for sure. And I, I, I know you had told me this before too, but it, you just said it there. I make hunting payments. I don't make truck payments. <laughs> you know, yep. that, that ties back to the Toyota thing. And so, um, before we get into that though, cause I, I kind of think it's important for people to realize that these kind of trips are a lot more affordable than what you are. You just have to make some life changes and make some sacrifices and other aspects of your life. But before we get too far into that, I wanted to kind of go through your gear list, like kind of what, give us a rundown on what your, uh, what your plan. I know you did like a, a layout picture, I think the other day, if I'm not mistaken. So kind of give us a little rundown of what you're taking with you. Still working on it. Honestly, I've got it. I'm actually out here in my, my office right now and I've got everything scattered out in the floor that is gonna make the cut <laughs> making the cut um but no i've just got a my plan is i've got a horn hunter pack and a kafari pack those are the two things i'm taking um i bar i borrowed a gun case i've got a 300 wind mags what i'm going to shoot 168 grain hornady or no they're barns they're the tsx okay so i'm shooting those those are hand loads um so i've got my mountain houses so i've kind of got my my basics my trekking poles my First aid, water. I'm still working through. I've got one of the Grail little uh, oh, yeah. pressing. Yep. I've got I've got one of those, and then some tablets too, and a couple of the platypuses. But I, I really need a a drip. Uh, I know the guy I'm going with, Anthony's got a little better water uh, water purification set up. Uh, but we should be camped near a lake. That's pretty way they pretty well the way they do it. So they put you near a lake almost sure. every time. Um, I've got the Alaska the Guide series bino harness with some loopholes i picked up that are you know i got them on sale they were 10 by 52s i like those but the so but the, but with the the outfitter they give you a camp rental so like their tent their cots their sleeping pads their pots their pans so you don't have oh, to pack all yeah. that stuff that's awesome so for it's it's just a lot easier when you have to you know travel i mean i'm taking five different airplanes to get there so oh, with yeah. all that being said I don't, you don't have to you don't have to worry about getting all those things there they're already at base camp and you're just going to use their stuff. So, so basically I'm taking what I need, you know, which is going to be my night gear all across the board, you know, thermals. Um, I did pick up some wiggy waders. Um, I got to get a new set of Crocs. <laughs> you got to have your camp Crocs, brother. You probably, That's right. my, well, my regular Crocs that are on my feet, the tread's running low and I, yeah. I want a new pair before I go. Are, are you sponsored <laughs> so, by Crocs yet? I'm just curious. I, I ought to be, but I'm not. I, I keep as <laughs> dude, much money as I give them. There's really nothing better, dude. I once I, I switched to Crocs during like around COVID because I was been working from home and stuff, dude. It's I mean, like yeah, well, I, I, I don't know what it feels like to be a woman and like not run around with a bra, but I know my <laughs> wife really enjoys it when she's at home. I feel like Crocs are just as freeing as a man. They really are, man. They're the greatest thing. I mean, I know Reese normally sheds hunts, <laughs> shed hunts in his lacrosses, but I think I've definitely seen him in his Crocs for sure. 
Oh man. <clears throat> Those are the greatest. No, that's not, that's a good rundown, man. Thanks for sharing with that. I, yeah. You know, yeah. Our, I'm yeah. not, I'm not too much of a, of a gear guy per se. So I will definitely leave some things. I, I wish I had when I got there, but, uh, I'm, I'm not as meticulous as I'm more of a big picture kind of guy, but, uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting experience and I'm obviously very excited. The one thing I, I think I, I didn't hear you say, but you might be looking into too. Are you looking at any type of like, um, insect repellent or any type of like, uh, um, I know the mosquitoes can be bad up there. Almost yeah, insufferable. Um, like you got anything up that to take care of those? Got a couple of head nets just in case. And then I'm going to pack my thermosail right now. I'm still trying to figure out with TSA, you know, you got the little oh, butane yeah. bottles yep. flying. I'm still trying to work through what I can and can't take with that and whether I, you know, can carry those containers, but I, I would love to have my thermosail with me. Oh man. I, I bought a thermosail this, was it spring? Dude, that's a life changer. You, we, uh, we carry the, uh, the clip on, so you can just clip it to your bag. <clears throat> yeah. I've had one for a few years. It's definitely a difference early season. Oh dude, we've uh, been, Ben and I, every time we film something right now, like I'm just like candy. Mosquito yeah. Candy, he's like candy. Yeah. He, they, it's too sweet. We just filmed <laughs> a, a, a tethered thing for him. What was it this week? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, man, I got <laughs> yeah, they it's like I, we gotta go. Like, let's wrap this thing up, man. Like, I'm getting ate up alive. I got like 16 different bites on my neck, and then we shot the um the archery event last week an archery hike. Yeah, it, it was, was like rain, rainy, and, rainy and yeah, wet, hot. and we were in that moist. Yeah, it was really like humid. I still got annihilated by them. Yeah, so yeah, I, I hate those damn things. Yep. <laughs> It'd be nice to have one for sure when you're going to Alaska, a place like that where the mosquitoes are bad. It'd be nice to have a thermosel if you what's, can make it happen. What's the weather up there like oh, that time, time, Reese? Yeah. Um, I'm expecting 40s to 60s most of the time. It's going to be rainy, nasty, probably foggy. Um, so hopefully we don't see. I, I really don't want to get in any frost or snow because I won't have the the gear packed for it. I'm, I mean, I'll pack a few layers but that is something i'm a little bit worried about so i'm hoping to not be cold I mean, i don't want to be i don't i don't i'm not enjoying this 100 degree weather we're having but at 60 would be fine yeah yeah no doubt yeah no cold doubt. or wet you're just miserable yeah. any hunting yeah. that you're doing it doesn't matter i mean yeah, that's, yeah i think some of that's like the most important thing especially oh, yeah. like footwear i don't know what you're running up there or what you're planning on but i'm be hard pressed to leave behind my lacrosse uninsulated green Yep. knee boots Grange, but the I, I, yeah prob- the grange yeah. Prob- yeah i'm probably gonna end up leaving them behind just for the sake of weight yeah sometimes it's so hard to make that decision whether you want to run gators or you just want to wear knee highs because normally it's like 90 percent i'm running for my lacrosses but then at the same time sometimes i throw my danners on and just throw a gator on well for especially if you're like if you're hunting at home like it's easy just to throw those granges on, you know what I mean? And, uh, you, you talked me into buying them this year. Oh, they're so comfortable. Oh, dude, we, uh, I turkey hunted with them this year Oh yeah. and then I'll do it. was like, it was a really hot season and, uh, we found this stream. I'm just like, you know what? I'm, they're uninsulated. I'm just going to stand in the stream, dude. It was like air conditioned on your feet. Oh yeah. It's, when, it's clutch. Yeah. When I'm down there in Kentucky turkey hunting over the last, you know, three, four years, I, that's pretty much my primary thing. I mean, they, they just, they're amazing, yeah. comfortable, light. I mean. Shout out lacrosse. I know uh, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, he's got some connections. Our pro staff, he's got some connections with lacrosse, and we've been talking with those guys. So, Andrew, yep. if you're listening, man, you know you know what to do. Yeah, I know so. Reese is wearing sweatpants and and granges and and uh, shed season running yeah, around or, or or athletic athletic shorts. I've never seen someone shed hunt in athletic shorts. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he's got some, he's got some sports I mean, in him. He's got some sports in him. No, I wear shorts and I love that. That's like when I run in cameras and whatnot. I mean. It's either it's 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 one of two things. You got shorts and Crocs or shorts and knee boots. <laughs> this is my guy, really man. This is yep. my guy. Yep. You know the picture I sent you guys yesterday when we put out that mineral. I mean, I got my I got my uh, Nike gym shorts on. I would have had my my granges on, but I didn't have like high socks, and my my uh, ankle socks always get stuck down there in the bottom. Yeah. But I'm like, hey man, just running. <laughs> that's life. I wish I could be like my son and run a pair of like Dino dino rubber boots you know and they need to make some adult size like dinosaur boots for them. <laughs> <laughs> well man let's uh let's get out of alaska let's come back here to the states i know you really like to, to travel out of state and hunt different states for whitetail i mean that's that's king for all of us sitting here probably so uh let's kind of get into uh some of your strategy and plan i know you said you didn't draw for kansas and iowa this year so potentially you know we'll, we'll all get together here in ohio but Kind of run us through like your process uh, each year, kind of what you're looking at, and kind of how you like to hunt. So Kentucky is uh, it's one buck. You get 
one, you know, and it, it runs from September to January. So however you get it, it's however you get it. So trying to make the most of that, basically I have decided that, and with the family and the kids being gone, trying to set my schedule, it's like first week of September, I'm going to be gone every year. And the first week of November, I'm going to be gone every year. Now it may vary a little bit, you know, Alaska is a couple of weeks early and that's just part of it. But, you know, basically two trips a year, they're spread out enough. I don't really do anything much big during turkey season. So I do, I try to go out West once a year and then do a Midwest hunt for Watts Hill once a year in November. So I'm um, done. Let's see. Last year was Wyoming and Kansas. I shot one in Wyoming, didn't find it. Of course, that was a mule deer. And then um, I shot one in Kansas on public day six. That was a freaking blast. I loved Kansas. Um, the year before was, uh, let's see, we did Nebraska and Iowa. Um, passed on a deer in Iowa that, you know, I'd like to have now, but if I'd, shot him, I w- if I'd have shot him, I wouldn't, I wouldn't known what I, what, what Iowa really had for me. Basically there was less deer there than a, in that particular piece public I was hunting in that zone, there was less mature deer on what I had access to on public than I hoped for. You know, you don't wait five years to go up there and shoot the first 140 you see. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, I think that deer was like mid 150s or something, wasn't it? Because he just sent me a Snapchat. He's hanging in the tree and this buck walks by like eight yards and he's just taking a Snapchat video and he sends it to me. I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's first first morning, you know, first morning. I didn't want to go to Iowa and tag out our first morning. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the that's the hard part of that man. You go to those destination destination states like that, and it's like, oh, but there, I know there's bigger. But this is probably the biggest. A 150, 160 class deer would be. Well, like, you're on public it, land it, on yeah, top of that, yeah. and it's a DIY, and you waited what five years to draw yes. to draw that. That's the thing. Five years, man. And who knows? Yeah. Like, yeah, the very five next years thing. and a thousand dollars, you know, in that tag. So it's like I I, I shoot that deer at home. Uh, I was there for something else, and it didn't happen. It didn't happen, and that's okay. I, famous, I'm not mad at my decision. The famous myth of uh, 200 behind every tree. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's that's rough. So out of those states that you go up to, uh, what's, your, what's your favorite one so far? What's your favorite state? I mean, I know Iowa's a mecca. Um, Kansas is getting I, right I, there. Well, I, enjoy, I enjoyed Kansas way more than I did enjoy Iowa. I mean, Iowa was fun. Don't get me wrong. The, the, what was fun about Iowa is, is the, the deer on public acted like deer like real deer, like on the farm, you know, they didn't act like the deer on public do here or in Illinois or everywhere else where there's just people running them up. Yeah. So that was the cool part about Iowa. Those deer acted like deer. Uh, but Kansas, Kansas was a challenge. I really wanted to shoot one on the ground, white till adrenaline style. Those, that's my absolute, those are my dudes are my absolute favorite. You, I've got, a, you can see the whole collection sitting right here behind me. Oh yeah. Um, but th- those dudes are my absolute favorite. So was, that was really my goal. And I had one opportunity to, I found a better deer and some CRP and I was going to put a stalk on him. And as soon as I seen, I saw the deer, saw the rack, drove over the hill to park. And as soon as I did, there was already two guys there from Oklahoma with a camera in one hand and a bow in the other. And they, they beat me there by about five minutes. Oh. So they stalked him and I went on. So every other deer that I saw out that I could have stalked was on private. Um, but I, I bounced around that in those units I had, I drew and, um, <clears throat> I kept coming back. I'd go, basically I found this really good pinch point funnel and I kept going and trying other pieces and checking out other stuff. And then I ended up coming back there and sitting in the afternoon. And on day six that morning, I ended up, shooting one he was a five-year-old he didn't score stellar but i was super tickled um a lot of good math but he was a five-year-old um so mature deer and i'd actually seen that deer a couple days prior uh big frame but man he didn't know he broke every head broke basically broke every time off uh, but i'm super super proud of, super proud of that and i had a blast out there um i shot one in oklahoma three years ago that was that was on the ground very much enjoyed that of course that was on private so it's a little bit different um but yeah, I don't know. I haven't made up my mind what I'm going to do next year for September. I mean, I've just been a lot of people that I, friends, you know, I don't think they understand the importance of buying points and building, you know, like I heard uh, just this week, I was listening to, I listened to a podcast and they said, uh, was in fault and somebody else didn't draw Iowa with five points. I mean, that point creep is getting real. And that's for all states. Like you may only get to, you know, like for guys like us to hunt elk, we may only get to go one or two times in our lives and have a real opportunity at a successfully killing. So if you're not stacking points, so, you know, I've got Utah, Wyoming, Montana, Colorado, Arizona, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm buying those. 
and I get other people around me. I don't want to spend the money. I don't want to do that. Well, I'll just go over the counter. Well, the days are over the counter are coming yeah. to the end before yeah. long. Yeah. Well, and your opportunity is going to be so much less too, because you're going to get thrown up. I mean, we had a pro staffer, Alan. Did you meet Alan? Um, Alan, I mean, he connected in Colorado, mule deer over the counter. No, that was point. That was a point draw. That was the point. Yeah. Draw, but mule, the, mule deer. It, yep. His, uh, his elk, his elk tag, I think he got over the counter and he didn't, he, I mean, it was just like you, you get a unit that's like super hard or the, or the herd population is just not there. But also those <clears throat> over the counter states obviously tend to get hunted a little bit more heavily because yeah. the opportunities there, I mean, just like me going to Kentucky, you know, now every year, pretty uh-huh. much we started turkey hunting and now I'm going down there to deer hunt. Like I'll be going back down there here in, in a month, yeah. you know, it's just, it's a, it's close state. It's um, state. Yeah. And it's over the counter. Yep. I mean, well, and it's got that, that that allure of having the shed or the velvet buck too. You know, so that's yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. Um, and we can get into that a little bit too because that's one thing I think, uh, and I'm glad you said that. There's there's definitely. I mean, I've been starting to put in for Wyoming. Um, you know, having conversations with you guys and and seeing videos and talking with like John, guys like John Eberhart and stuff who, you know, are, are going to Kansas and going to Iowa every year. I'm like, you know. When you look at buying points, a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people kind of overlook that middle part of the country. And they like, when they think about like buying points or doing like a quote unquote destination hunt, it's always elk. Right. Or it's always mule deer. I mean, there's a lot of cool opportunity in like Montana for whitetail. I mean, uh, Emily said it the other day, you know, some of the biggest deer she's seen are in Eastern Montana or South Dakota. Oh yeah. And some of the podcasts I've listened to, like with Mark Drury on there or Stan Potts or something like that's one of their like go-to every year. They're going there for a, for a potential velvet. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And if you think, and you think about those states, you know, you you think about like think Nebraska, like my mind automatically Nebraska kind of goes to like Sandhills mule deer. But in reality, the eastern side of the state is probably just as good for whitetail as anything else, or or even the western side, really, for that matter. And so, yeah, I'm glad you said that, man. Like buying the points, if you had to, it, let's say, if you had to pick, if you're a whitetail guy and you had to pick, uh, what would be like the five states that you'd want to put a lot of emphasis in? No, uh, well, you gotta you gotta pay attention to Kansas and Iowa. They're the only two draw. Yeah. I mean, and you know, those are obviously have the best. So you have to pay attention to those and when they draw. I get I get you know I get to talk to people all the time. They're like. Well, when can I buy my pointer? I want to put in. Well, you missed it. It was in April, you know, or it's in May. And if you're not paying attention, it's going to get by you quick, you know. Yep. Right. So since I didn't draw those two this year, that leaves me with, you know, what's around here, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, which are still on my potential list for this year. But we know they're over the counter. So we know that, you know, there's not, nothing really to worry about there. South Dakota is actually a draw. Um, Wyoming's a draw. Colorado's a draw, which these are all these are all mule deer, too. North Dakota is, I think, the only other true over-the-counter state besides nebraska and missouri don't forget missouri i've had um i got a buddy alex there we we swap hunts every year he's in the lease here and then you know we trade back and forth i go stay at his house not I, I did shoot a good deer over there a couple of years back um and uh missouri don't yeah. forget that oh yeah it, uh, that's where the uh grant woods that growing deer tv um, yep. that's where they're out of is Missouri. Missouri has great deer. Oh yeah. I mean, juries hunt down there a lot. Yep. Um, a lot of other people. That's awesome. Yeah. So definitely stay in touch. That, that's one thing I'm definitely putting more emphasis in. I know I'm not going to, I mean, it's going to be a long-term thing, but this year, like I told you guys, I'm definitely be looking at Iowa. I'm definitely going to be looking at Kansas and, you know, like he said, even like Illinois and others, I mean, Illinois, well, you said it was the, uh, you said Illinois is over the counter though, right? Yeah, basically, it used to not be where the tags would sell out, but now, see, they do that up the tags, so now they never sell out pretty much. So even though it is a limited, it's basically you know, you have to to get tags, if I understand that correctly. I mean, some of them states, too, are two bucks, so that's something, like, can take into consideration, yep. too, depending on where you're wanting to go. Like he was saying, Kentucky's, you know, one buck, or, like, Ohio's one buck, so, but you look at the price. Missouri's two. Right. Yeah, Missouri's two, Illinois two. I don't know about Indiana. Yeah, Anyways, it, Indiana, it, it's one. those are all on my and, and I like to look it up. I mean, um I would throw Wisconsin in the mix if I if it was closer and eventually I'll make it a point to get up there just to see it, just to do it. You know, I'd like to try I'd like to, you know, try a lot of these states and just see what's different. But sure. you know, I had a I had a blast in Kansas last year, so um and, and I went by myself. I don't I don't care. You know, if you can't, and that, that's the other thing is, you know, finding a good hunt partner and somebody that cares and pays attention to these things. It's like, it's like, if I said, Hey, you want to go to Wyoming, but I've got five elk points in Wyoming and nobody else has any points. It's like, well, we're not hunting the same elk. 
I hate to break it. I hate to break it to you. And I just don't know how. So if, if you don't pay attention, you don't. And that's why planning these trips are so hard. Finding somebody that has the time, money, and desire, and then has, you know, years of built up points to draw a unit. Yeah. Well, and it's more expensive so, too, if you're doing tough. it on your, on your own. Cause I know I said something to you about Kansas too. And I just don't, you know, I don't have enough points or anything. So we couldn't, you know, we couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have three mule deer points right now. I'll have four. Uh, I know the preference points just opened up. I got the email, I think last night actually, uh, for Wyoming. Wyoming. Yep. So, yep. and then of course I didn't draw my, my goat tag this year. Um, I had three on it and kind of shot my shot on, um, unit like 68 or 69 there east uh, west of casper and and missed out and of course the population just didn't back having a lot of other people come in so i'll have uh four or five on speedgoat and then after i buy it four on on mule deer in, in wyoming and then start racking them up in other states i really wish i mean so, nope. i mean a lot of people i mean reese probably is not gonna like this because he doesn't live here but for us i think it would be really cool too if we got into this draw like oh no they should i mean because there's that's you know that's one thing that makes iowa iowa and everybody knows that it's the dnr and the way that they regulate everything i mean even kentucky it's the same way i mean kentucky has a lot of deer they have big deer and it's over the counter yeah if we if we moved our uh rifle season out of the rut and and or went to and or went to slug muzzleloader and or draw we would be competing with iowa and kansas oh i mean and i ohio could too indiana and illinois could too yeah yeah it's all about the way they do it. And it's, you know, a lot of it's um, lobbying and being pushed to be open, which the only thing that says Kentucky is it's a one buck state. That's it. Yeah. If it was two bucks, we would basically be Tennessee. Oh, dude. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm glad you said that because shot. Adrian. Just take a shot at Tennessee there. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, <laughs> you got to, uh, we had Adrian Wilson on a few episodes back and, uh, he, he had, it's a two buck state right now. And he took, he killed some two really nice deer, but, um, he's like, yeah, we used to have three. And I'm like, two. I, I don't imagine. understand. Like, it's the same thing with turkeys. Like, you know, you go down to Alabama. I think, well, Alabama's like four, isn't it, Reese? Well, they actually just lowered I know, but before. I meant before. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, news to you could shoot five or six. I yeah, it's think, like, why? Back in the, What's back the, in the good old days. Yeah, what do you need that for, though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a that's a cool conversation that we had, too, with uh, Mike Tonkovich. He's a deer program uh, administrator up here in Ohio. And he's like, you got to balance conflict versus. Um, opportunity like opportunity and conflict right like i you know 20 deer to a farmer that's getting destroyed is too many deer but 20 deer to this person to a hunter is not enough deer and so you know those are just numbers but like you got to kind of balance out your ultimately at the end of the day they work for hunters you know they're there for hunters but you got to kind of balance out the the ag side of it which you know is huge for us and how do you balance out the western side of ohio that's literally just nothing but ag field maybe some draws and some fingers versus the Southeast that has like no ag and is mainly just hill land and, and high country or like, you know, uh, mountain country. I mean, a lot of information I've heard too is a lot of it's insurance driven too, you know, yeah. because yeah. of accidents. I mean, you got to look yeah. at paved roads. I mean, you look at Iowa <laughs> versus Ohio, for instance. I mean, a lot of gravel roads, a lot of back roads. I mean, don't get me wrong. We have those here, but our miles of paved roads here are 10 times probably oh, what it is in Iowa. No, oh, yeah. Well, and so it's it's kind of the Ohio and Kentucky in this area is kind of like the the hub, if you will. Uh, that's why a lot of these companies like FedEx and mm-hmm. DHL, Amazon, and Amazon. And, that's yeah. why all these companies are here because it's kind of that hub into the it's the gate to the Midwest, mm-hmm. you know. And so it, there's a lot of there's a lot of traffic. Major of, interstate, mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It changes everything. I mean, Kansas. I mean, with you just being out there, I mean, that's sand roads, gravel roads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dirt. That, I was I was really worried about that expedition. That was like an eighty thousand dollar car that I rented, <laughs> and then beat up on the back roads of Kansas. <laughs> Did you and get the uh, sand, sand and blood everywhere? <laughs> you got the insurance policy on it? No, I don't remember what I. I'm sure I spent extra. I was not happy the way it all went down because they prompt they promised me they'd have a four wheel drive. They didn't. Then they had to upgrade me, but then they gave me a discount. It was. You know how it is. It's always something. Oh, for sure. But, uh, but anyways, yeah, I was I was worried. So I spent just as long vacuuming and cleaning that thing out before I took it back because I didn't and no issues. <laughs> but it but it was dirty. Gosh, it was dirty. Now did you did did you drive out there? You said you rented one. Did you drive out there? or Did you fly out to Kansas? No, I drove. I went to when I I went to Wyoming last year, and I went to Kansas, and I drove myself both times by myself. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, Wyoming was 18 and Kansas was 14, 12. Okay, so like you that. rented it, you rented it there at home and then drove it out. Well, <clears throat> well, no, actually, what I do on these trips is I usually go to Alex's house, which is near Kansas City, and then I I rent one there because it's a little closer. My I trust my vehicle to get me that far, and I and I can stop overstay the night and bust up my drive. Okay, yeah, uh, that definitely that makes sense for sure. A little halfway point. Well, uh, that, there's the out-of-state hunts for you. I want to get into, we can't talk to you without talking about cam, uh, trail cameras, right? I mean, this is the, the trail camera god on Instagram, so. <laughs> trail camera Tuesday creator. Yes. Hashtag. Yeah. yeah. I think I've, I, I thought, there, I feel like there's a little bit of debate in there. I think I may have heard you talk about it too. I think somebody brought it up, like going back through the, I think they went back through like the uh, tags. Ha- hashtag tag. Bad I don't even know it was it Exodus or somebody. Yeah, they went probably through. Jake. Yeah, you, you got to go back. To, if you want the true truth, you have to go to Twitter and then find it, and then go back there to the original. <laughs> That's where it's going to be. Whoever, and I don't know what day and how long it would take you to troll, scroll up through all those, but a lot. It's going to be. It's going to be close, and and uh, but no, that is uh, one of my claim to fame. And if I'm not the creator, I'm the promoter, or whatever you want to say. Founding father. <laughs> What's up? But now trail cams and it's always been, I don't know, since uh, 2008. I mean, that's when I, my first records on my computer, I've got 50 gigabytes of deer pictures shit on this computer. And the first records of deer go back to 2008 when we just had a, that's me and my dad and we just had a handful of cameras. And, you know, I used to do all kinds of research and read reviews and read battery views and, and um, keep up with them. And, and now the technology has come along so far that a lot of these cameras are, are really good for the money and they're all honestly very very similar truthfully as it comes on uh, as it's come on there are some distinguishing features and you just kind of you know whatever your preference is um but uh very much enjoy it i think last year we had close to 150 in the woods scattered out over three or four states how many of those are cell uh about a dozen a dozen i was yeah. gonna say he's not you kind of just tapped into cell like what was that last year or year before yeah, kind last of? year last year was the first first year for me and then that's a those dozen are mine you know i've got a couple of buddies that are in the mix that have you know five or six or ten of them but but uh they truthfully they helped me a little bit i didn't i didn't capitalize based off of any of the cell camera information last year um it made me mad more than it helped me, unfortunately. Not looking because it tell me it basically they the days I wasn't there it was the days that oh, they were there. It's, yeah, it's always the thing. Right? So besides that, you know, but they were they are enjoyable, and um, you know, I kind of tested out two or three different brands, and then I'm ended up uh, mostly running Tacticams right now. That's uh, pretty much where I'll probably be for most of the year, but we'll we shall see. Yeah, I just picked up the, the Reveal 2.0 yesterday. So I'm excited to get that guy out. I've had Moultrie cell cams in the past, whether it's the um, X, is it like 6,000 XX? I don't, I don't know much about Moultrie. Or, I thought they were the Deltas or uh, something. I don't, the Deltas I don't know. What it's, I, the, it's the Deltas. The Deltas is what I got now. I mean, I, the software is okay. I, I've Maybe it's just where I'm at. If you want to buy my Deltas, if you want to buy my Delta, so you can have something. <laughs> he almost said you could have them. Uh, I, yeah, you can yeah. just have them. <laughs> I, I, yeah, a really I, good deal. I mean, I... For the price, they're not bad. They're really not bad cameras. I mean, but you know, I I just have maybe it's just where I'm at too. I just have bad luck with stuff. But like Reese said, they're all so comparable. But I mean, for me, it it, does, it has definitely changed like the way I hunt for sure. I mean, I still run regular cameras, but I do run a lot of cell cams. But yeah. I mean, it depends on the style that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I know Reese is hunting a lot of public ground, right? Yeah, I mean a little bit of both. I, I keep my regular cameras on private, and my cells on public. But, and a lot of it's, you know, I'm, you get one deer tag, so I'm chasing one buck tag. I'm get, I'm chasing one buck, yeah. essentially. Yeah. There might be two on my list, and if one, well, I'll say that. There'll be two or three on my list. If one shows up on cell cam, then I might move in and, and hunt that day. But I'm pretty geared towards usually just one one deer that I have history with. And and uh, that's really, the, that chess match is what, the you know, is what, uh, that's where truck cameras make it so much more yeah. interesting and, and you know you follow that deer you know you got sheds to that deer you know where he was and the historical data uh, that's what's really fun with truck cameras no for sure and that's that, that was the exciting thing i remember i sent you that picture i just i this year you know with the work and stuff we've just been everything every, you're you're behind you're behind i mean we're all behind on getting stuff out and i put that cell cam out and like the very next night or two nights later the buck that I had last year the first week of first week of season or 
the first the week prior to the season start that saturday he was out in daylight at like 4 30 and i'm like dude yes <laughs> of course never saw him again and again i'm hunting that five acres and then that was one behind the house yeah behind yeah. the house i mean and reese this is probably 150 yards behind my house it's like you know it's my my wife can yell at me from the back porch and i'll hear like to come in or whatever and so and then uh i sent you that picture he came back I, I'm, we're pretty sure it's him. Yeah, it's we're definitely pretty, the same it's, deer. It's, it's different, definitely the same deer. I'm just like, yes. Yeah. Yes. And so that's where that's where having that. It's like I, I don't have to, you know, especially with the kids and stuff. And if I could have 100 cell cameras, I would. It's, yeah, but when you can walk out back, I mean, that makes a big difference. I know Reese got some really yeah. cool, that turkey, uh, I don't know if you guys seen that, but yeah. he had all oh, the yeah, I wanted, so That yeah. was real, in his backyard. I'm glad I wanted you to talk thing. about that. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. So if you guys are on Instagram, uh, what is it? It's Reese Johnson 7. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you, if you're on Instagram, we'll definitely, cause you shared it. Uh, that was a really cool story to follow along with. Uh, let's kind of talk about some of the, the, your crazy stuff or some of the cool <laughs> stuff that you've seen on camera. Cause I'm sure with 150 out there, you've seen some stuff, but I, I definitely want to get into that Turkey thing. Cause that was really cool. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's usually, I just, I just see something that, you know, if it, if you run across it and you're out in the woods, if it happens once, it's probably going to happen again. So, um, you know, the barn buck was the original, you know, I jumped a, a couple of good deer out of an old barn that was abandoned, um, was growing up all around. They were bedding in it in the hot summer. And so I ran cameras in there for several years. And, and that one that, that one big deer was, was what made it. And then um, I had some deer, some deer uh, bed underneath a camper, same thing. They're at our camp slash cabin. There's a camper. They're bedding underneath it. So I put some cameras under there. I've had wood ducks, you know, um, banded wood ducks you know you basically i put a log in there and set it up for them to stand on that log so you could see the bands you know so i've got pictures of that that's awesome um i just i so like the other day that i've got the white fawn now um which i've yeah. still got to go get some some videos and pictures of it i gotta go pull those cameras but my dad was driving down the road and saw an albino fawn with a doe and so i knocked on the door got permission i said look i don't want to hunt i just want to put out cameras the guy was nice he didn't care so you know within three or four days i put out a little bit of corn too within three or four days i, put, <laughs> I had pictures of, had little pictures had pictures and videos of the white font so that's awesome you know just when you when you when you see something you just gotta take advantage of it so you know the turkey thing it was uh you know i'm where i live i, I just live on 10 acres it's not too far from, it's kind of you know between town and the country it's kind of in between it's nothing nothing fancy but i've got you know about it's all pasture it's all fence but i've got a spot where i hunt my little kill plot same thing whatever you call it down there and i was just I'm, i typically mow a lap around the outside of the fence just to keep the fences down because i don't mow my pasture mostly i'm on once a year just to uh keep the trees out but you know just i want it grown up for deer yeah and and so anyways i was down there and i flushed that hen and i'm in a very low deer low turkey density area i've lived right here for the last six years I just bought this house, but I moved a half a mile. I was basically about my neighbor's house and moved down the street. So I've been very close to here. When I when I moved over here, all the deer from my original my house, my starter house came with me. I was feeding the same deer, had pictures of the same deer from my old house to my new house. That's how close we were. And so um but anyway, I flushed her, I was very surprised, walked over there, there was a bunch of eggs, so naturally didn't even hesitate. Finished mowing, I had about two passes to make, ran up, went parked the mower, grabbed four cameras and took off. I, grabbed a couple of teeth. I didn't have anything to stick them on. I had created it. What I'd done is created a brush pile and, and I'd left a hole in the center of it to put a pop-up blind in. So that, cause that was where we hunted. Well, in that brush pile is where she nested. And so, um, so I ended up, I didn't have any trees to hang the cameras on. So I grabbed a couple of T-posts and stabbed, stabbed them in the ground deep as I could and stomped on them. And one of them was a cell cam and one was a regular camera on video. And then I had another one that I put in the nest with her. She basically incubated it for 30 days. And so, so then I started getting pictures of, of, awesome. of, of coons at night yep. and uh, the coons were fighting her off. And then, you know, I had to offer some assistance to her with the raccoons that were bothering her. Yeah. So, you know, I was, pre I was pretty stressed for like 30 days. I'm not going to lie. She incubated. I was, I, I knew what day she started sitting heavy and, and I was sitting there watching. And then one afternoon on the phone, I had actually lost communication with her. A coon grabbed hold of the, the, the cell cam and spun it around and uh, I'd lost communication and it had been like five or six days. So I made it like 24, 25 days before the camera spun around and was facing the grass. And, um, I was stepped on the back porch. I was talking on the phone and I looked up and I saw her standing. I hadn't seen her in two or three weeks at this point. 
and I saw her standing over there next to the fence working back and forth, so I knew she was essentially looking for those babies. But basically, she was waving goodbyes the way I took it, like, hey, thanks, see you later. Yeah. And then I, I ran down there about 30 minutes later, and they had all hatched, and and uh, I had videos of the of eight of the nine hatched. I had videos of the little ones and her, and she's gone. That's freaking awesome. But it was yeah. – it was it was really really neat and it was really I've ended up, Go ahead. I ended up trapping here on this uh, on this ten acres. Um, we did back uh, during season and you'd be amazed at how many. Of course, I've got chickens too, so you know I've got you know keep keep them out um, on their behalf. But uh, over over thirty on ten acres in six eight weeks, coons and possums that's all yeah yeah i just started. so i mean if you so if you can do your part five acres put a live trap in the backyard yep, yep. whatever you know i don't run any dog for or i run a few I, I had a few dog proofs uh prior but you know and i can't run i actually do have a fair amount of coyotes come through the little food plot too but i don't yeah. I'll, I'll if i if i set a coyote trap i'll catch my own dog so I yeah don't do that. <laughs> yeah yeah and that's the thing i i have a I have about six chickens now. I've kind of downgraded when we first started I had 13 and, and, um, but we had raccoons and possums and then been starting to catch possums. I mean, I'd go in there every night and there'd be one like stuck inside the fence. And it's just like, they're not getting after the birds, but they're still eating the feed and the feed's not cheap. And it keeps going up every, every, every week. It seems like the feed gets more and more expensive. And so running those live traps, but I, tell you, I haven't had any luck with the raccoons on the live traps. They, they kind of outsmarted a little bit and they kind of knock it and set it off or it's such a, it's just a hair trigger with, um, I think it's a Duke's trap that I got at the store. Um, you know, they keep setting it off. I need to get some dog proof ones and, you know, my dog's never out there. So they'd be the only thing I'd catch, but yeah, if you got to do your part, man, I know Joe's really, Joe Jackson, our archery tech here in, in the, the Columbus area, he's he's uh, he's really he- heavy right now on doing what you can. Of course, there's a trapping season, so you can't be really out there doing anything right now unless they're a nuisance like what I got. But, yeah, it's um, watching that story with those birds and, and watching her raise them, that was a really cool thing to follow along with. So I highly recommend going back to his feed and, and checking that out because it's pretty cool. I think you just posted – you maybe just posted something here recently or, or you know how – Yeah, real treat uh... – Realtree did an article on it, and uh, <clears throat> they did a write-up on it, and they created a montage video, like a three-minute video of all the clips. Oh, okay. And so there's kind of a summary there, if you can find it, um, of all the different videos of what she went through to That's from cool. start to finish. That's sweet. That's yeah, sweet. it's really eye-opening, <clears throat> honestly. Oh, yeah. Yep. So if you even have- if, like I said, even if, it's, even if you can do it in your backyard, if that's as small as you can take, you know, like I said, I'd never have trapped much before, and, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, there's no, no, like I said, I'm not only, I'm not, I wish if, you know, well, I could get to the farms and actually do a good job out there, but you know how it is, everybody's, you know, it's time and then you've got to go up yep. every day and yep. everybody's got a thousand other more important things to do. But if you can find a way, if you can find a way, one here, one there, it makes a difference. Oh, for sure. For sure. If you had a pig, what's your, what's your go-to, what, what brand camera are you going to the most? <clears throat> so, um, I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna stick to one. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna put them in cat. I'm gonna put them in categories. Okay. That's uh, cheap. 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 You want cheap public land cam? Get a Tasco. You want a a mid range cell cam for the money? Get a Reveal. Yep. You know. Uh, you want a <clears throat> for for video quality? I really like the Brownings on video mode. Um, and then the high end, of course, will be the Exodus. If you're gonna spend that money and have a render and do all that with the support and the warranty, that'd be my 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 tip top tier. So. Those are essentially the four. Um, you know, I ran Moultrie's for. Well, I've tried them all. Um, I tried them all, but it, I just about. But uh, um, that that would be kind of the four that I have. Now that I've kind of got my ways and my my inventory, those are the kind of ones I stick to. It's good. I know he runs a lot of them over scrapes. A lot, <clears throat> right? Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not scared to leave them on there in June. You know, put them out in June on that scrape if that's what it takes. If that's if it's if it's public essentially, or if it's in a state where you can't bait, like Illinois, um, you know that is that's that's your option. I mean, that's that's your next best bet. So if I, or I'll try to, a lot of times what I like to do is find um, pinches or funnels or or, or or something that causes more than one trail to intersect, and then use that topography, and then in that vicinity add a scrape, make the scrape. And if you make it now, you make it now. By the time season rolls around they start using it they'll assume it's been there and it's already in a hub area that you have found so I, that's kind of one of my my main strategies for getting better pictures 
Yeah, that was something I was going to ask you too. Just let me, I, I've kind of doing a lot of experimenting on my own property and then that way I can take it other places. But, right. you know, I got where that buck that I showed you a picture of, you know, there's like two or three trails coming into that one spot. And this is the first, the first like low hanging branch. That's where they're hitting or where we saw him again, where I set up the cell camera this year, you know, three, two or three trails kind of intersect in my woods. And so that's where I see him a lot. And well, so Ben like, and I were talking about that earlier too. He tried that to hang the vine. Yep this oh, yeah. season for the first time like making that kind of a scrape. i did it last year as well okay yeah. yeah but it worked out great the jeff sturgis the you know the water vine you know just hanging on some paracord yeah. you know right next to a trail and set a camera on it and 45 minutes later i had does coming through hitting it you know i was just touching the vine yeah i, I was blown away like hey, this is awesome because yeah, you, you didn't put any sand or no, nothing I didn't, nope yeah. just hung it up and hung the camera and left yeah yeah yeah, that's why I think if you put it out early enough and you let it, and it, it like, and uh, it's like, um, it's as much visual, and that's like a Troy Pottinger thing. He's the one that was all about that, you know, making the rubs to using your saw to yeah. making the rub, making it, giving the effect for that big buck that's running that scrape. That there's another big buck that has come in there and you know come through and checked it, hit it, done all that. And you can get as crazy as you want to with it. You know, me personally, I don't get too wild. I kind of set the limbs up as I want, scrape it out. And then let let it let it happen naturally because there should be that enough deer in that area already that they should see it and they should naturally gravitate towards it. But if you want to add the things, like I mean, I've done it in some of our farms where you know in the middle of a food plot, I don't have a good place for a camera. You know, I'll take my post hole diggers, cut down a cedar tree, stick that thing in the ground, and then do the the, the you know the jury style scrape limbs. I was gonna say I do that a lot too. I mean, it, in the visual aspect, like you were talking about, that that makes a big difference. You got a little food plot. I mean, it could be a little micro plot anyway, but you got a yeah. you got a scrape tree right in the middle. I mean, they just see that. Yeah, it's just a natural thing. I mean, I don't even use a lot of scent really, or if any. Yeah. Um, just opening up that ground is enough. Oh, for sure. And then the visual of it, yeah, definitely that makes sense. So. Well, brother, we've been going on. It's been about hour and 10 minutes um we'll go ahead and get, let you get going i know you're busy and, and guys show some boat houses in your crocs today so <laughs> if you can man let's go ahead and uh let people know where they can find you i know we obviously talked about you on instagram and stuff you want to go ahead and, and shout all those uh profiles out that you're on buddy and then we'll let you get out of here yeah yeah it's uh reese johnson seven on uh instagram twitter whatever uh, i've got a facebook page it's the uh, reese johnson land if you want to keep up with the, what i've got available there and uh, but I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. If you got any questions or anything I can do, like I said, uh, send me a message. I'll be happy to, whether it's land or, or deer or cameras or whatever, just uh, any way I can help. All right, brother. Well, appreciate it, man. Good luck with Alaska. We'll be about a week out when this uh, episode airs, and uh, hopefully you smack a big one, buddy. Yep. Well, appreciate we look, it. look forward to seeing you up here, too. We definitely, you guys coming up here, we'll, we'll, we're going to need to make a point to get together and at least hang out and have a beer or something. So. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, looking, I'm, I'm excited. I'm already thinking about it. I'm counting on Taylor to pull three for me Taylor, oh you'll be here don't Taylor, worry about Taylor's that. notorious for passing up on like 170s and 180s so <laughs> you uh maybe he'll have some for us that's fine I'll I'll shoot him I'm gonna do my best yeah those uh those corn springs you know they do something yeah so we'll see what happens <laughs> those fountains those fountains of youth in the, in the yellow corn <laughs> all right brother have a good have a good day appreciate you uh making the time to come on and uh, we look forward to hanging out with you again y'all take care All right, everyone, that is all we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed that conversation with Reese and, of course, our special guest, Taylor Honert. It was great to get the guys together and just have a chill conversation about all things hunting, and hopefully we'll be able to get together again when Reese comes up this fall. As always, we appreciate you listening. Please give us a rating and share this episode with a friend. And until next time, enjoy the pursuit.